You guys can have a seat. Hey, give it up for yourselves tonight. Listen, come on, give it up. Come on. Yeah, you're doing good. Hey, you guys have made it to tonight, and, uh, and I'm, we're proud of you, all right? We're proud of you for being here. Just a show of hands, how many people at this point in the semester have failed a test already? Just show, hey, there we go. Hey, hey, you know, it's just part of life. Listen, we're praying for you guys. I know it's tough at this point in the semester, and your friends are laughing at you. They know they failed one too, by the way. But anyway, uh, listen, it's good that you guys are here in the room with us. We appreciate you guys being here. Man, listen, this, uh, this series has been so fun as we dive into it, right? And I don't know about you guys, but I fully believe, man, through this series that uh, already, and like, we've seen it as proof that God has like broken down walls, like he has broken down barriers. Uh, I mean, again, like I said a couple weeks ago, man, people are just like, like confessing and saying, hey, this, was, this has been me, and, and I know according to scripture, I don't need to be this way. And it, it's just been a great, great study already to go through. And so tonight, I believe, is not going to be any different than that, talking about comparison. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open it to Exodus chapter 4 with me. That's where we're going to be landing tonight, Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 17. And uh, so I want to just welcome you guys that are here as you're turning there with us tonight. Those of you online, I know we got several watching online with us who will not be able to be here tonight. And so they're studying along with us. And so as we walk through Exodus 4, um, this whole idea of comparison, it, it really hits home uh, tonight, I believe. Uh, as you know, through this whole series, we're walking through the story of Moses, the life of Moses that he lived. And for me, it's encouraging because uh, through situations like this and through series like this, uh, the Bible comes to life and you realize that you're not just reading a Bible story, but you're truly reading something that you can apply to your life like it's active and it's, it truly is living, right? And, and I love how we can just dive into that tonight. And, and so through this, there are going to be a few things that I need you guys to take note of, whether you're uh, on your phone or taking pictures of the screen, whatever you need to do tonight, take out your notepad. I would love for you to just write down maybe cheat off of a neighbor, do whatever you need to as we fly through this. But let's read Exodus 4, verses 1 through 17. It's titled, Signs from Moses. It says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Like, I don't know if you've ever been able to relate to a story, but like, bro, I get you. I'd run from it too, right? And it's interesting, by the way, as we read through this, isn't that cool? Like, Scripture didn't even have to add that in there, but God said, and he ran from it. No, there's literally no theological context to that, but he ran from it. Like, I think I would too. Anyway, verse 4. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Like, nope. I'm out. I'm done. So Moses reached out and took hold of a snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to you. Verse 6. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. 
Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe the t- these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. That's something you don't say to God, by the way. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and said, What about your brother Aaron and the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if... It will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. So a lot of things in a little bit of time that we're going to dive into. But when it comes to comparison, here's the first thing that we see inside of this scripture is that it steals your purpose, right? It it, it don't just sideline you from your purpose, just like last week did, but comparison steals the idea of your purpose. Like verse 10, uh, as you're taking notes, write this down. Verse 10 walks us through at this point. It says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. So up to this point in chapter four, we see this, right? We see this whole idea of verses one through nine. We see this whole idea of, of the story being told, right? All these miracles and these things that God is doing inside of the life of Moses. Like there's a conversation happening in this moment. Then verse 10 comes along and we see that this idea of even though Moses is being presented with a purpose, we still see that as Moses is comparing and focusing on himself, he's comparing himself to other people, two different situations, saying, I'm not good enough, I'm not eloquent enough, I'm not all these things, I'm not blank enough, like I'm just not enough, God, right? And so we see this, this whole idea of this is stilling the purpose that God is putting right before Moses' eyes. And so we see that Moses, he was more focused on his inabilities than God's own voice. Right? Have you ever noticed this inside of the story of Moses tonight? Like, as you have probably read through this story before, like, he was more focused on these inabilities that he had than, than God's voice. It's interesting because all in verse 10, verse 10 is eat up with Moses saying, I am not this, I am not that. It is all about Moses, right? Like, he is saying, all the Lord is talking to him, the Lord is giving him signs, the Lord is giving him miracles. And then verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, so now as Moses' turn to respond, he says, uh, pardon me, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow to speak. And so it's all about his inadequacies, right? It's all about what Moses could not do. It's all about his inabilities when it comes to God. And so here's what we see through this is that the issue is not hearing God's voice inside of your life even tonight. The issue is listening to God's voice. And so when it comes to comparison, 
This is a big deal for all of us in the room tonight, even those online with us. Like we see, as we study verse 10, we see this, right? And like literally God is talking to him saying, I'm showing you signs. Like I'm I'm showing you, I'm going to turn this into a snake and I'm going to turn this into blood. Like I'm showing you all these miracles. And then Moses finally has the chance to speak. And I don't know about you, but like, I would hope my words would not be something against what God is calling me to do in the moment, right? And so we say all the time, well, I'm having trouble hearing from God. I'm I'm having trouble knowing what God is telling me, hearing from God. I'm just, I'm, I'm having trouble with all these things. And if I'm honest with you, that's not the issue that we have in our culture. Like within this 18 to 25 year old age group, that's not the issue. The issue is you hear from God, like you could all tell me, this is what God sounds like, this is what God looks like inside of my life, even inside of scripture. This is what God says. I know God's voice. The issue truly is listening. It's not hearing. We're really good at hearing things, whether it's good or bad, whether it's God or Satan, whatever the situation is, we're really good at hearing things. The idea is how good are you at listening to God's voice? Because Moses, he tells us that it is very easy to be very, very smooth at hearing something, but not actually listening to something. And I think that's why we are in the situations that we are in, like inside of our lives, like right now, right? Like we see this whole idea that like God's voice is so evident, like all through these verses. But God's voice is not heeded to inside of these verses. And this is where the problem arises. So we see God's voice is saturated. I want you to hear this. It's saturated in verses 1 through 9. But as soon as Moses can talk, he questions everything. As soon as he can talk, right? We see this. We see this whole idea. And we can dive into this some other time as you read this later on. But you see this 1 through 9. God is saying this. God is commanding this. God is suggesting this. God is commanding. God is saying. God is saying, hey, if you'll just do this, I promise you, this is your purpose. This is what I want you to do. And as soon as God gives Moses the mic, Moses is like, pardon me, God. I don't know if I can do that or not. Right? And so it's not the issue of you haven't seen God inside of your life. It's not the issue that you've even never heard of God inside of your life. It's the issue of you simply sometimes don't want to obey God. And this is what comparison does. As Moses is saying no to God in the moment, what he is actually doing is giving in to comparison inside of his life. And as he gives in to comparison, he then turns away from everything good inside of his life. And it's no different for us like in the room even right now, right? And so this is a good way to remember this. If comparison is present inside of your life, that means that confidence is not Therefore, comparison is weak when you focus on your confidence in your creator. So when you boil it down, this is what we see, right? We see this whole idea of comparison, just like in the story of Moses. Comparison is real. Comparison is there. Comparison makes it seem like I cannot do this. I am slow speech, blah, blah, blah. It's me. It's me. The focus is on me. So if comparison is there, that means you have no confidence. And I'm not saying that, that you have no confidence in yourself because I'm not preaching that tonight. I'm not saying go out and have all the confidence in yourself, like look up to yourself, be very proud of yourself, like you can do anything you want to. That's not what God God's word says, but it does tell you to have confidence in your creator. And when you boil it down to the very bottom of what comparison is, basically the hardcore truth is that you don't have confidence in your creator. Basically, when you say, I have comparison in my life, 
I want to be like him, or I want to talk like her, or I want to be on a stage like this, or I want to look like this, or I want to whatever the situation is. When that is present in your life, it, it, it's not a knock on you, but it's a knock on your creator is what you're doing. And you're saying, I'm going to focus more on my inabilities than my, my creator, right? So what we're created to do is say, I know I have a creator, and he is perfect, he is good, he is holy. And so therefore, anytime I am tempted to compare myself to someone or something or another stage of life that I want to be in but I'm not in, anytime I compare myself to any area of life or person in my life, you got to realize that this is, this is a battle between you and your creator, Knowing that God has created you one way and you are off questioning every single thing that he's doing inside of your life. So when comparison is there, you have to understand that confidence, you need more confidence. Not in yourself, but understanding that God knows exactly what he is doing inside of your life and inside of your situation. So comparison also leads to you forgetting God's sovereignty. And this is where it gets kind of deep with us tonight. As we, as we go through this story, comparison we see that it has the ability and it literally leads us. It's like scripture talks about Jesus being our shepherd and leading us by still waters, right? Like this, this term, these terms are used. Comparison is leading you to forget that God is sovereign in your life. Verse 11, the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? I love this because God's just like splashing it. He's like, who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Verse 12, now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. So God is saying, you need to understand long before the attention was on you, this is who I am. I'm sovereign, I'm good, I create everything, I allow everything, this is who I am. And so when you compare, you got to understand what God is doing here. When he's talking back to Moses, he is saying, you are forgetting the sovereignty of God. When you compare your life to other people or to other situations or your stage of life to another stage of life, you are saying, God, are you truly sovereign? Are you truly good? This is what, this is what God is telling us. It says, like, if you, if you want proof, it says, the Lord said. The Lord said to him, who, who, who did all these things? In other words, who are you to question me? Do you understand who I am? Do you understand in the midst of all of the things that you are comparing your life to, do you understand I am the one who allowed this in your life, right? So this is interesting. God's put, God puts the attention on himself for a very specific reason, to show us that life is about what he can do, not what we cannot do. Take note of that tonight. He puts the attention on himself, verse 10. Just hear this real quick. We go from verse 10, right? Moses said to the Lord. So Moses is talking after, after there's miracles, after there's all these things. God is telling Moses all these things. And verse 10 comes along, boom, Moses questions God. And then goes through verse 10, and God said, all right, hand, hand me the mic. It's, 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 it's my turn. I'm going to talk to you now. Verse 11 goes on, and he's saying, listen, you need to understand my sovereignty, and I know the attention was on you for a moment, but you need to understand what I'm going to do, my character, my personality, it's going to come back on me because when the attention's on you, it never gets anywhere. When the attention's on you, depression happens. When the attention's on you, anxiety happens. When, when the attention's on you, you start freaking out, you start comparing. So God's saying, we don't, we don't need the attention on you, Moses. And he's saying the same thing to us tonight. We don't need the attention on you. God puts the attention on himself. 
And if you were to question that, I would just tell you, who would you rather God put the attention on? It's sure enough not going to be you or me. He is the only one worthy of the attention. So life, get this, it's about what he can do. So often we highlight that word, I cannot do this. I am not in this certain situation. I am not in the stage of life I want to be in. I am not here. I am not there. I am not this person. And we don't ever seem to think that, you know, no matter where I'm not or who I'm not, it's about what, what he's doing in me. I, I, I can't change me. Like, I struggle with my personality. I struggle with speaking. I struggle with where I'm at in life. But, you know, the attention should not be on what I cannot do. But why don't we just say, like, God, wh- what, what would you like to do? I know that I am none of these things, but God, I just want to take a moment to ask you, what, what would you like to do in my life? And so every now and then, it's good to ask God's perspective on things, right? And so from God's perspective, we are all inadequate to some degree. And you need to understand this tonight. Because he is sovereign in giving us inadequacies, we are to surrender to the fact that he has made us who we are for a reason. He is sovereign in giving inadequacies. Have you ever understood God in this light of what Moses is going through in this moment? That maybe God knows what he is doing. You may be inadequate in speaking. You may be inadequate in not being in the stage of life you want to be in. Whatever, you fill in the blank. Whatever that looks like for your life. Whatever inadequacy you have, whatever you struggle with, whatever you compare yourself to, whatever you're trying to work to inside of your life. Have you ever thought about things from God's perspective. Like the story of Moses is pointing us to tonight that through his sovereignty, he, he gives inadequacies like on purpose. Through his sovereignty, he wants to show you that like you can't do this alone. He, he wants to show you that it is not about you in the first place. He wants to show you that even though you have inadequacies, like he wants to do incredible things through those things. Have you ever thought about what God sees just for a moment, just taking the attention off of yourself and saying, God, what do you see? What is your perspective on my situation? I love how one quote says it. They said, there's not the slightest sense of fatalism in this declaration of God's sovereignty. It is never, God is so mighty, we can't do anything. But it is always, God is so mighty, he can work through us if we make ourselves available. And I just think, like, in a, in a gathering like this, like, what if we made ourselves available, every single one of us? Like, what, what would happen if we all made ourselves available and didn't view life as, wow, like, I wish this, I wish that. Like, if, if only I were this or if only I were that, if only I had the stage, if only I could be this smart, if only I could whatever the situation. What instead of doing that, we said, God is so mighty, he can work through us, not because we're perfect or we're good at what we do, but because he has set us on a path for his own glory. So we see this, that God is willing, he's willing to use you even in the midst of your comparison. 
And this is really encouraging news tonight as we talk about comparison because you're like, man, I have fallen to this. This is my weakness. Like I am comparing even now. Like th- this is what I struggle with. Like some people is drugs. Some people is th- like mine is comparison. And, and to a degree we all, by the way, go through this. To a degree we all struggle with comparison, whether it is grades, whether it is relationships, whether it is wanting to be married and you are single, whether it is you're waiting a long, long time for this answered prayer, but God has really, like, he keeps answering their prayer, won't answer my prayer, right? There's so many things happening, so we all go through it, but be encouraged tonight. He is willing to use you even in the midst of comparison. Verses 12 through 17, and we're about to close out here in just a moment, but it says, now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. And if you're taking notes, like highlight that and say, don't do that. Like, look to your left and right and say, don't do that. Please send someone, don't, don't, don't say that. Verse 14, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, which isn't that cool, by the way? Like God is, is telling you that he knows where he is. It's really cool how that works. And he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help you, both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him, but take his staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. I, I, I love this closing few verses because we see a whole different array of things going on. We see conversations. We see miracles. We see God saying, do this, do this, do this. We see Moses saying, uh, pardon your servant, Lord. I, I, sorry, I can't do it. He was willing to pick up a snake, but he wasn't willing to do what God told him. I'm like, I don't understand it. And then it goes on, and the Lord says something to him. And so now we finally get to the point to where, even in the midst of all that, what do we see God doing? We see God working with Moses. We see God having grace with Moses. And so I just want to encourage you tonight. Like, you, you have a big enough purpose that God is not willing to easily give up on you. You just need to be willing. You have a big enough purpose, no matter who you are in the room, no matter where you've come from, no matter what your sins are, no matter where you're at in life, no matter where you're not at in life, no matter what your story, no matter what your situation, no matter whatever, no matter who or what you've done in the past or whatever, do you understand God isn't willing to easily give up on you? Do you really understand that tonight? Do you really understand, even in the midst of comparison, you have a God who loves you and wants the very best for your life. And so in order to get the very best for your life, sometimes you have to see God never gave up on you. God God never left your side. God was always pursuing you the entire way. There's just one thing. You have to be willing to submit to that authority. This one quote says it like this, very powerful. It said, God was not angry when Moses asked, who am I? He was not angry when Moses asked, who shall I say sent me? He was not angry when Moses disbelieved God's word and said, suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. He was not even angry when Moses falsely claimed that he was, uh, that he was not and had never been eloquent. But God was angry when Moses was just plain unwilling. Have you ever walked through Moses' life and just seen this? It, just in this chapter, I, we can go several chapters like we've talked about before, but just in this chapter, do you see all these little quotes that Moses is, is asking God question and question? Like God, God wasn't angry with those things. Like we talked about last week, he's not angry with you asking questions. 
What makes God angry, and you need to take note of this, is whenever, verse 13, Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, here it is, please send someone else. That, that is what made God angry. That is what made God say, who do you think you are to question who I have made? I will answer your questions all day long. I will walk with you. But if you're unwilling, why? You believe I'm sovereign. You believe I'm good. And the one thing that makes God angry is saying, get someone else. I don't want to have anything to do with this. So just to end on a word of encouragement for you guys as we go into invitation is this. You can spend your whole life wishing you had something someone else has, desiring to be like someone else, even hating things about yourself. But this will not change the fact that God has created you by his sovereignty and he plans to use your weakness in a very specific way. And so as we have talked about this story of Moses, as we have looked into this phase of his life, as he gives us things to do and things to not do inside of our life, at the end of the day, here it is. Whatever you're looking down on in your story, whatever you're looking down on in your life, whatever that looks like inside of your life, you can spend your whole life doing this. But do you understand you're not going to change the fact that God has created you and he is good, he's holy, he is sovereign. And so my question to you leading into this time, we're big on response time, people. We're, we're big on invitation time. My, my question to you would be this. What are you simply unwilling to do inside of your life? I, I'm, I'm not asking what you struggle with. I'm not asking your inadequacies. I'm not asking the things that, that may make you uncomfortable when you do it, even though you need to do it. I'm not asking the things that you struggle with. I'm asking when you get down to it, let's be real tonight. What are you plain unwilling to do inside of your life what God is calling you to do? What are you fighting every single day saying, God, I want something else. I want to be at a different stage of life. I wish it looked like this instead of this. It may be something minor. It may be something big. Whatever the situation is, what is that that you were saying, pardon your servant, Lord, Please send someone else. And I love how he puts this. It's like Moses was trying to be sweet to God. In verse 13, and he uses the word pardon. Like, pardon, Lord. Pardon me, please. But because of my comparison, because of my inadequacies, Lord, I'm going to tell you no. I'm just going to do it in a nice way. And so many people, man, so many people are sucked into this lie that it is okay to straight up rebel against God and to say no and to say you're not enough I don't have this ability and according to scripture that's not a good thing you're like I'll tell God no but I'll let him down easy like I'll, I'll be a good person I'll try better at this. I'll do a little bit better at that. Don't you see that's exactly what Moses was doing? <laughs> Verse 13. He, didn't, he wasn't a jerk to God. 
he wasn't ridiculous with his no. He said, pardon, and he said, please. (laughs) How bad could it be, right? And this speaks volumes to us tonight. God is saying, you know what? I don't want you to be a good person. I don't, I don't want you to attend church regularly. I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to simply be nice to me. I don't want you to be nice how you treat people. I don't want you to be nice in all these different ways. I don't want you to be nice letting me down easy and saying please and pardon and, and God, I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, I'll try to do better next time. We don't serve a God like that. We serve a God that says, I want all of you. God is saying, I've given you this now. It is your job to be willing and to say, I'm not going to let him down easy. I'm, I'm not going to pardon myself. I'm not going to say, please. I'm not going to just kind of go little ways and just be a good enough person and then do this. Do you understand? God, God is calling every single one of us to say, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to do everything he has called me to do. No matter the difficulty, no matter how weird or awkward it is, no matter anything, God is saying to Moses, that makes me angry. And should it not concern us? Should it, should it, just think about it, should it not concern us? That we see exactly what makes God, like God, angry and we do it anyway. We don't feel bad. We don't feel any remorse over it. We just say, God, I can't do it. That has to grieve the heart of God. And so during this time, man, like we say a lot, I want you to be your own worst enemy, and I want you to go to battle with yourself during this time. Think about what is that thing? What are those things? What can I say yes to God to tonight. So Jesus, we, we come before you and God, we know, we know you're good. We know you're sovereign. We know you're holy. And God, that's how we want to approach you tonight. God, we know that you hold it all in your hands. We know that you hold it all in your sovereignty. And God, even, even us, even our hearts, even our souls, God, even our sin, you hold in your hands. And God, it's not going to separate us from your love or your purpose. And so, God, what I'm praying tonight is that this room, God, it would change for your glory. These people, God, they would catch a fire for your glory, God, and they would say, it's not going to stop me anymore. It's not going to hold me back anymore. Comparison is a thief, and I'm not going to let it have its way. I'm not going to let the evil one steal it. I'm not going to let him do his thing because I have the Holy Spirit who is more powerful, who is better, who is more aggressive, he is more bold, and he has created me on purpose and for a purpose. So God, during this time, I pray that the decisions that are made, God, as people repent of their sins, as people confess their sins, I pray, God, you would send us out. And as you send us out, God, this whole city would know about you. God, this whole city would know what you have done, God, that we haven't told you that we're sorry, or God, that please pardon us, or God, that we have something else to do, but God, we would totally surrender to your sovereignty. So Jesus, start that right now during this invitation time, start it. God, pierce souls tonight. God, I pray that you would cause people to say, I don't want any more of this life. God, I want his sovereignty and I want his goodness in my life. We ask all these things, all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.